Check, check. Mic check. FlyRacing.com. It's presented by MFAB, M-FAB.com, Jeep Truck, your SUV parts. Let's talk some motocross. Two rounds down, 10 to go. Lucas Oil MA Pro Motocross Series. Coming up this weekend in Lakewood, round three, Colorado. One of the better nationals of the year, everybody. It's really cool. Sweet. Great track, close to Denver. Nice, easy to see everything. Beautiful part of the country. Check it out if you can. It's great. FlyRacing.com, official gear of Justin Brayton, Benny Bloss, Andrew Short, Weston Pike, many others out there. Uh, FlyRacing.com makes much more than just gear, people. Hard parts, bars, levers, bike stands, motor stands, boot washers, they've got it. We're giving away a Fly Racing Tour roller bag on today's show. It's giving away to a random caller, 702-586-7857. we got a few lines open already. we got some guys on hold. So give us a call if you want to talk uh, talk some nationals. A couple of news this week. Um, one, Matt Bichelia, uh he quit his Mad Suzuki team uh, last week or the week of Hangtown or something. And uh, he is going to be riding Yoshizuki, uh, Yoshizuki 450. This coming uh, weekend, filling in for Blake Baggett and probably James Stewart. So we'll see how long he's in in before Baggett. There's a week off after this, of course. Baggett says he'll be back for High Point, but James uh, may still be out. So maybe uh, Bichelia finds himself a little home there for uh, for a little bit on the big 450. Also, Weston Pike uh, hit his head last week. We've been told there's a 90% chance that Pike is out for this weekend. He uh, got to pass a concussion test, of course. So uh, Pike looks like he's out, and Bichelia is in for the Yoshizuki guys. Like I said, 702-586-PULP. Give us a call if you want to talk some moto. Uh, Jeff Emig will be on. Perhaps you heard of Jeff Emig a little bit. And uh, Jason Thomas also to uh, break down uh, the two the races this weekend, the races that have just happened, and uh, and much more. Taking your calls, producing everything behind the scenes, holding it down. He was uh, almost late today, but not quite. The this legendary. Hey, Steve. Level of concern Ooh. after four motos. We mm. were, mm. where were we last week? 12. 12. Out of 94. Out of 94. Level of concern now. Now, look, Dunge won. But Technically, he, was, he closed the points he, gap, he but did. it was. Uh... He, he, got, he got dominated again. Kenny rode behind him in that first moto like like it was a Sunday ride in the park. And then at some point, Kenny said, yeah, I'm out of here. And he took off. And then his fork broke. I'm going to go up to 31. Oh, okay. So, You've almost tripled your level of concern. Yeah. For your guy riding No, you? I think I, uh, as big of a fan as I am, I think I'd be an idiot to not, you know, at least raise it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that's still only a 3 out of 10. Yeah, um, okay. All right. Looking big picture here, but definitely, uh, if nothing happens to Roxon, he's going to have his hands full. Maybe even more than his hands really? full. Maybe more than he can handle. Your Maybe. guy, Ryan Dungey, yeah. may just get beat. You know, it wouldn't be the first time. Um, no, that, that Ryan Villapoto guy. Yeah, he, he, and, he seemed, and yeah. somehow my life went on. Well, I realize you have zero, zero passion for anything, so <laughs> I understand that. Um uh, yeah, so we're going to come up with Jeff Emig here in a little bit. Uh, just wait on that. We'll, g- we'll get into it. So give me your thoughts on what you think uh, we'll see this weekend, everybody. 702-586-7857. Our guy, Tits Legendary, is uh, not that worried. Level of concern is a 31. Mm-hmm. 
the what I saw. Now look, it's gonna get gnarlier and rougher. Mm-hmm. What I saw though in Glen Helen did not look very good for your guy. Uh, I was in. I mean, look, he's still miles better than everybody else, so that yep. part's good. Yep. Um, but wow, did Roxon look good, dude? Roxon looks in shape, uh-huh. fast. Like he seemed to be able to pass Kenny whenever he wanted, or pass Ryan whenever he wanted to. Uh-huh. Or catch up to him. You know, he had a yeah, few he, mistakes. Yeah, he here lost and there some time in that like rhythm that. section, right? Yeah. So. I don't expect uh, Dungey to get the overall, unless something happens the way it has the last few years. Uh, I don't expect Dungey to get the overall this weekend either. He does, he's not traditionally done really well at mm-hmm. uh, in Colorado by himself. You know, yeah. obviously yeah, something yeah. happens. Yeah, and no, he, then, he, then he does he's okay, good everywhere, right? He's he's not exceptional here the way he is on some of the other tracks. Uh, two fifty class. Alex Martin is the red plate holder. One Glenn Helen with a two two score. Everyone's happy for Alex Martin. He almost won that first moto. Should have won the first moto. How could you not be happy for him? Right, right. And he could really win this. Like when you look at it, he's got a bike. He's got in shape. He's already proven through four motos that he's good. Like he's starting off on the right foot. That's for sure. Yeah. Why couldn't he win it? Alex Martin, everybody, your 2D motocross champion. <laughs> Dethrones his brother and everyone right? else. Yep. Kind of kind of crazy. We might check in with Filthy Phil Nicoletti, who drove out to Colorado on his way back to uh, North Carolina. We'll check in with him and see uh, see how he's doing, if he's there. Well, he'll be grouchy. He's always normal. fun to listen to. Well, yeah, exactly. He's off to a decent start, too. Not too so. bad. Uh, N-Fab.com, proudly built in Houston, Texas, USA. Jeep, truck, and SUV parts. Light mounting solutions, bumpers. Uh, everything else uh, that you need, the NFAB has got it. They got a 150,000 square foot facility in Houston, Texas, USA, and they're a proud sponsor of the Yamaha effort at JGRMX, of course, and the NFAB Ampro Yamaha race team, which is also uh, the off road team. So the NFAB guys support the sport, so you should support them. Visit the uh, go, find out where to buy NFAB products, visit n fab.com. Keep up the latest creations. Go to add NFAB Inc. on Instagram and Twitter. You can see all sorts of truck stuff and uh, customize your Jeep, truck, or actually the market leading design and style from NFAB. And Fly Racing, the Evo 2.0, features the industry-first BOA closure system race pant, designed to provide comfort, smooth, even closure, add to the Evolution 2.0 Pro Fit Advanced Jersey and Premium Race Club. And you have the next generation of moto gear. Um, 702-586-757, coming up with Jeff Emick here in uh, one minute. And uh, we'll also have uh, Jason Thomas on here to talk, take us maybe around Lakewood a little bit and talk about it. Little narrow at times, gets pretty rough. We had that downhill. I'm interested to see if that downhill section where Tomac crashed is changed. It's claimed a lot of guys over the years, but I don't think it needs to be changed radically. But it should be interesting to see if they do anything at all. They might perhaps do something. So uh, before we get to fro, let me look at the questions here. I like uh, I like Rich's first. Rich, what's up? Uh, welcome to the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show. What's going on? Oh, not much. Hey, uh, chance of Ed. What's that? You're being so insistent on sticking with the Air Force when it seems like so many riders aren't liking it, and even the buyers aren't liking it. You broke up a little bit for the first part. Are you saying why are the riders uh, being forced to use it? But what, why are manufacturers sticking with the Air Force well, when, when it seems like riders don't like it and buyers don't like it? Yeah, no, exactly. It's cheaper to make, Rich. That's the, that's a big thing. It's cheaper to put them on a set of production bikes uh, than, uh, than the spring how much, are, how much are they saving? <laughs> I, I, have no, I have no idea when you build that many units, so it must be worth it. I know, I, yeah. I, you know, from the, from the very outset, Rich, I thought art forks are a bad idea. Um, racers don't want to check their air pressure in their tires. They want to check their sag. They just want to unload their dirt bike and go riding, and I wonder at what point we're getting ourselves into too much trouble. Even Ross Maeda, who's a suspension guy who loves technology, thinks that air forks is a little much for production bikes. Um, so, you know, what these, guys, what these guys want to do is get... Um, Get air forks on the bikes because that's what they sell it with. And when your guy goes back to spring forks, maybe that affects their production sales. You know what I mean? Um, some riders like air forks. So Alex Martin's on air forks, and he just won this weekend. Kenny Roxon's on air forks. Obviously, he had a DNF. But, um, you know, there's probably more, probably 50-50 or 70-30 air forks out there right now. We just hear about the guys switching over to spring, um, the high-profile guys. But um, there's still a lot of air forks going on out there. So, all right, Rich. Thanks, man. Thanks for the call. Uh, thanks. I right, appreciate it. It's interesting. I found uh, I found out. Um, I didn't find out for sure. I heard. So we were kind of being told that Roxon's air fork issue was something with a with a cable, something that the team added on to the fork. It's not a KYB part. Now I 
assumed, I guess, that it was a data acquisition thing for um, to monitor the air pressure, which changes, uh, builds up during a moto, and the temperature of the fork itself, which also heats up in a moto. I assumed that that was what broke a data wire sensor, like a thermostat in a car, let's say. Um, but I'd heard this this morning that uh, perhaps what had broken, and I, I'm trying to back this up, I'm trying to find out for sure, perhaps what had broken was a, a wire that coming out of the fork where Kenny can let the air out that builds up during the moto, which is something unique and something I haven't seen before. Uh, obviously, we've seen the, the major complaints with air forks is the air pressure building up and the riders getting a different feel in their hands. Well, now I'm hearing that maybe Roxon's DNF was something that the team put on in order for Kenny to push a button to let some air out uh, while he was riding during the moto to keep the fork plush and where it where and where it where he wants it to be. So um, we'll see. Uh, should be interesting to see. I mean, we may never know. I'm going to ask snoop, snoop around this weekend a little bit and see if anybody has anything on that. Either way, it's it wasn't a something. It was either it was either the data censoring cord for the air pressure slash. Uh, temperature of the fork or it was this uh super secret letting the air out wire that the rch guys attached to the kyb air forks to let kenny adjust pressure as he rides uh either way it definitely lost something the fork lost air and uh and kenny lost a win so um that's uh that's the fact so we'll find out what kind of wire it was or maybe we'll we won't be able to find out i'm not sure uh with me on the line a man who knows a thing or two about winning nationals winning outdoor motocross titles Fresh from Milestone this morning, Jeff Emming. What's up, Fro? How are you? I'm good. I'm tired. <laughs> I was a couple motos out here at Milestone MX in Riverside, and it was the battle battle of the color analysts. I've seen Grant Langston out here today. So. Oh, shit. Oh, there yeah. we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, when you go riding... Hey, do you guys want to know, do you guys want to know what happened to Roxanne's Fork? Yeah, I lost air, right? Because I... Well, I know what happened to it. Right. Yeah, but I can't tell you guys. So. Oh, okay. All right. Damn it, Fro. Hey, when you go riding now, um, I, I talk to a lot of guys, ex-guys, ex-champions, ex-great riders that, that ride now. Um, you, Your mind knows what to do. You you know what you should be doing and all this, but maybe you don't have a lot of time on the bike anymore. Maybe you're not as sharp as you are. Like, are you 100% content with the speeds you go now, or is it frustrating? Oh, yeah. or is it frustrating that you can't do what you used to do? No, no, and actually it was just with uh, B.J. Burns uh, from MX University who takes care of my bikes and all that stuff, and we were just talking about it. Mm -hmm. that, you know, I'm, I'm totally content riding in my zone. And, like, Millsaps is out today. He was doing some laps motoing. And, dude, like, I don't care if it's a 250B kid or if it's Davey. Like, I don't care if somebody's <laughs> faster than me. I'm not. Okay. I am purely, yeah, yeah. you know, I, 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 I purely ride – on instincts, this is something I truly believe that I go ride and I ride for the feeling mm -hmm. and I ride, you know, everybody says I ride all these weird lines. BJ's talking about how he's like, dude, you don't just take the inside. You're like way inside. Mm -hmm. I said, well, that's my instincts. Tell me to do that. That's why I made a career out of taking lines that other people wouldn't type mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's how my instincts, that's how my mind works. So I purely go ride for the feeling and sometimes I feel like it's almost uh, uh, subconscious that instincts just take over mm -hmm. and I just go right. And, I, you know, I'm purely riding at my pace. I'm not worried about anybody else's pace at yeah. all. And I have a great time. Like, I had so much fun again uh, today. It was awesome. Right. Yeah. So you're not, you're not yeah. like, you're not like uh, well, there's nothing hard at Milestone to jump. But if there's a jump, you well, yeah, don't want yeah, oh, the, the big triple, big triple in the back, I was taking the inside. I didn't, I didn't, it was a little wet. That was my excuse for not jumping it today. Okay. But you're told, but you're, third. you're fine with that. Like, you, I mean, at one time, oh, yeah. Yeah. One time, Fro, you were the best rider in the world. I don't think that's, that's not hard to say that, you know, you were either one or one B best riders in the world. And so you're okay with not jumping. Helping some triple at milestone. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah, it it doesn't bother me. And I, you know, I feel like for the most part during my uh, retirement here, I felt like I really kept my ego in check that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's certainly times when I was going to race Loretta's and the vet classes where, you know, I'm I'm pacing myself and and really trying to figure out my speed and I'm pushing it. But right now, like the last couple years, no, it don't matter. Yeah. Okay. It really doesn't. Yeah. You know, that's not 
who who's going to care who if I had a fast lap time today or not? Like, no, I know it's, it's so I'll, insignificant. I get you, but some guys struggle with that. Some ex-pro guys struggle not with this that. Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm totally comfortable in my retirement. Yeah, like well, f- for example, uh, you know, of course, I'm going to bring up Red Dog, but he's a guy that's frustrated by 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 going riding now to the fact where he doesn't ride. Because yeah, he, but he hasn't been out that he hasn't right. been out quite as long as I have no, either. But true. that's certainly something that you need to get over. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sure. He he he's just like, damn it, I'm not as good as I used to be. I, I don't want to jump this. I'm well, just not going to ride. Yeah. He he still the problem is is he still has got sore spots from his career when you were his mechanic and the, <laughs> the mechanical problems, right, right. malfunction, bad gate right. prep, all of that. It still bugs him, and he's just trying to fill that massive hole that just <laughs> is never going to be filled. Thank you. Thank you for that. Hey, <laughs> um, hey you guys did win. Oh, at, I did. Uh, where'd you win? What's that? Summercross. Summercross. Yeah. Summercross. Yeah. There you go. And Bud's Creek second moto in 03. There you go. Um, during during '03, that was quite a uh, yeah. That was quite an accomplishment. Right, exactly. So hey, um, we saw Roxon. Obviously, like we talked about, Roxon's air fork went out. Dungey won the moto. Won, Dungey won the overall and the moto. But there's no doubt that Kenny handled Dunge again. Um, you know, to the point in the first moto where he looked like he was just cruising, then he wicked it by him. And you've been in this position as a racer, either the guy that can can pass the leader with no problem, or a dude who, you know, maybe you're riding, you're better than everybody else, but MC is a little bit better than you, you know, in that 95 season, however you want to, however you want to put it. But what, how many more, like how, how tough is it for Ryan Dungey to, mentally still be like, hey, I got this guy, I got this guy. Like, how many motos – when does Dungey need to stop this uh, little run by Kenny here before it gets into into his head a little bit? Well, it's not necessarily the position. Like, the second is not what you want, right? You give right. up three points to the leader. But it's it's that he's getting handled by 15 seconds. Like, if he could run his pace and he got second, say, okay, I can run the pace. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, you know, started behind him, or he was a little better in the beginning. Or they, you know, then you're really fine-tuning it. Yep. But when you're getting handled by 15 seconds, and once somebody has a 15-second lead, they stop pressing. They've got more in the tank. Very few people get to a 15-second lead, and they're still riding on the ragged edge. Mm-hmm. Roxon looks like he's doing it pretty easy right now. Right. And that's, and that's going to be, uh, it's going to be difficult to overcome, but... This championship, you're talking about 24 races, 24 mm-hmm. individual motos. I mean, you know, through two of my three championships, the first half of the season, I I, I wasn't that good. Right. Well, wow. so, that's relative term. So, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, but you, if you don't have it figured out by the halfway point, yeah, then you're in trouble. Okay. But if you think about it, okay, if it takes me – six races, 12 motos to lose X amount of points, mm-hmm. then I should be able to pick up that amount of points in the next uh, uh, 12, 12 motos, right? Right. right. Um, so it, even if Dungey's second, if, if he doesn't win, second is really important. Third puts you in a five-point gap. You know, then it's really, you know, you're, a, you're at uh, a big disadvantage. Yep. So, But those guys, you know, Roxon and Dungey are clearly – uh, head and shoulders above the rest. So yeah, no, it's, it's going to be a long summer for everybody else. I think so. Um, hey, we talked a little bit on Twitter this week about Glenn Helen uh, about the track. I tweeted out, or I, I wrote in my column this week, all the quotes from the post race guys, and even Dungey, who I did not speak to, but he said that it was best to chill out on some of the jumps, and they were, you know, a little bit much. Every rider I talked to said the jumps, the supercross rhythm section before the start straight, and the big triple. Uh, were a little much. They didn't like the design. You had said on Twitter you made a little joke about, well, they can always just slow down. Um, yeah. But for reals, though, how do you feel about some of that stuff being on the track and these riders, you know, voicing their displeasure? Is is it a little much? Do you, do you feel like these guys should maybe just man up and race it? I mean, some of the track conditions in your era, you want to talk about dust and things like that, that was way worse than what it ever is now. Um, so well, yeah, yeah, but but yeah, when you talk about dust, you want to watch an interesting race that's dusty. Watch Unadilla '93, the 125 class. Uh, James Dobb wins the overall yeah. on a Pro Circuit Kawasaki. The 
first turn, second turn area was so dusty that if you were like third, you couldn't even see. Mm-hmm. So I think that we've gone through an era uh, where, you know, I know firsthand riding the Ironman uh, race last year, the final national of the year, um, I really felt like that the, there was too much track prep. Right. It was just a mud race. Um, it seems like this year they've backed out of it a little bit as mm-hmm. far as the watering and the prep and not so deep and, and things like that. But, um, you know, it, it, as far as big jumps and all that, you know, there seems to be, uh, I mean, every every track builder at every one of these nationals, they seem to build bigger and bigger jumps. But it's not the big jumps that necessarily gets everybody hurt. I mean, the uh, the guy that was all over Instagram this week on the – that overjumped uh, yeah. that huge jump. What's the name again? Oh, I don't even know who it was. I forgot. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, so that made a lot of airtime, you know, a lot of, a lot of social media right. and, and people, wow, these tracks are so dangerous. I mean, I've, you know, and I mean, no disrespect to, to this young man. I'm glad that he's all right. I heard that it was, I mean, I watched it. It was a pretty big crash, but, yep. but is he qualified to be out there? Because we're talking about a track that is one of the gnarliest, you know, roughest, mm-hmm. biggest, this is this is the pinnacle of the sport, okay? And so my my fear is is that there's some riders, some guys that are out there that are just truly not qualified to ride at that pace, you know, to ride at that a track of that size, of that magnitude. Um, you know, when it comes to the top-level guys commenting about jumps and rhythm sections and stuff, I mean, this is all this is all something that they need to communicate with the promoters, with the track builders, because they're the ones that have to ride it, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know, they, they hold on, let's go back. They choose to ride it, and uh, Steve and I, we had this, you know, you and I, we had this conversation a couple of days ago on on the phone. And one thing that all the fans need to keep in mind is that nobody's making these riders go do this sport. Every guy that's there. It was his choice to get a license, to sign up, to line up for practice, to line up for the race, and to do that. And so this, you know, you have to remember, the, all of these guys make the choice that this is how they're going to make their living, this is going to be their career, their passion, what they're going to do. So just keep that in mind before everyone starts passing judgment about, you know, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of this uh, noise about, about the track condition. Well, I'm... I'm with the riders. I thought it was a little much, but if I'm going to play devil's advocate with myself, two things. One, no one got hurt on these sections on that big triple step up, and uh, there were some mistakes and crashes on the rhythm section. But but it wasn't. <laughs> didn't it, it, it didn't did, the whole Geico team got yeah, taken out there? Yeah, the whole Geico team did. So there was maybe some issue there, but the big triple step up, everybody cleared. And two, and again, no disrespect to the guy who overjumped it. Um, you just can't show up at MotoGP or F1 or NASCAR with your homemade uh, privateer car slash motorcycle road racer and say, "I want to race." Um, it's an elite yeah. series, and you know, open to the very best in the world. So. There is that devil's advocate flip side to the yeah. jumps at Glen Helen, and, and I get it for sure. Um, it is interesting. Um, I, I do feel like some of these promoters are just, you know, Redbutt has the Larocco's Leap that's famous and, and, and a terrific jump and a great obstacle. And then last year they went and built a massive tabletop step up on the other side. It's like you guys already have one big jump. Let's just keep it there. Yeah. Like they're always in a race to outdo each other, you know? So. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly, I mean, from, from where I on the outside looking in, right? I don't, I don't, I don't do the broadcast for mm-hmm. the Pro Motocross Championship anymore. Um, so I don't give any professional analysis, right? Um, I don't have to ride the tracks, but there certainly is a super speedway feel to this championship, right? And to me, there's a big difference between riding Supercross in a stadium, right? What mm-hmm. we do with Monster Energy Supercross. And then all of a sudden, two weeks later, you're shifting into fourth and fifth gear, and it's a big adjustment. And so I think that some of these injuries and, and uh, these crashes are uh, a product of that, that Supercross and Motocross is a pretty big gap now between the two types of racing, mm-hmm. if you ask me. Yeah, right. yeah. No, I agree. Uh, let's get to some phone calls here, uh, David. Dave, you got a question for Jeff Emig about his 1992 season? Yeah. Hey, Steve. How's it going? Good. What's going on? Thanks for calling. Not too much. Hey, hey, Jeff. Hey, this. I, if I'm not mistaken, you're the other four times. 
Aren't yeah. You? yeah, just well, slightly, you. slightly more important than yeah. my titles. Slightly. Exactly. Hey, Jeff, this is your 1992 season, which I watched the Nationals over and over again on Moto World. Um, for some reason, I didn't have cable or something back then because I was a kid. Um, yeah. I remember Jeff Inning was a pasty white kid that looked sort of like Elvis back then <laughs> to me. Uh, if I remember right, this is all off memory. I haven't dove into any YouTube videos. Um, did your father pass away during your championship run? No. Um, nope. He's still here. I, still I thought, at the end of the season, I, I remember you uh, getting teary-eyed and, you know, because you won the title. I couldn't remember if you said your father had passed away or not. No, Am no. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, man, now you're taking me back to Bud Streak 92, the final moto of the championship, and had to win both motos to, to beat Morocco for, out for the title. Um, it was just a... You know, I really stayed focused at that final event. I wanted to keep it business as usual. Dad, brother, sister, nobody was there. It was just me and Steve Butler and Team Yamaha and and just really stayed in the zone that we were in. And I remember making the turn to head up towards the finish line, the final moto. You know, I won one on the day. I made that turn, and I seen the checkered flag. And at that point is when I realized, man, we've, uh, our our family, us, we just won a professional championship, and it was a really a a real culmination of of all these emotions that just hit me right then. That all this okay. work, all, you know, all the traveling and the motos and the sacrifice and the doing without and and everything, it it, it all seemed worthwhile at that moment. And so that's why I okay. really was overcome with the rush of emotion. Yeah, but you were emotional, and you said you wish your father was there. So I, I oh. remember I was a 16-year-old kid. I thought you had lost your father during the season or prior season. Mm. I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> I was no, no he's on my still, he's, he's still, still, still around, yeah. He's still, he's, still, he's still as opinionated as ever, yeah. David, you, uh, uh, you want a set of grips? You want a set of MA grips? Yeah, I do. Perhaps any one more question. Okay, go ahead. Um, and this is, you're still only getting one. So you ain't, grip, this was another question for you and your father. Um, do you do you ever catch you and your dad just reminiscing about the past, where he remembers your motor finishes, but she remember the good times? Because a lot of kids nowadays they go to the track, the dads are yelling at them. Um, can you just like let, you, let the listeners know how important it is just for the to have the time with your parents and enjoy the racing and not picked up to the seriously as a father? Because when me and well, my dad talk, he remembers my racing. Well, I remember the laughs and the good times. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I look back. I, I, I reflect on my childhood quite a lot lately um, as my my daughter Presley's 12, my son Jagger's 8. And uh, I'm already starting to feel like, man, they're, you know, they're, they're growing up pretty quick. And so I, I think about the things that we were able to do with our family and how it all revolved around motocross. I mean, everything we did had to do with motocross. And one thing that, one reason why I think there, you know, I can remember some times when my dad was chewing my ass out, you know, more, <laughs> more than, more than not. But that's because I think that he identified with my passion for winning and what, and that I, and that I had a talent for it, that there was a future there. Um, because he's really a pretty nice guy. But, you know, there's I, – I think that when you really get into these top-level amateurs and as we progress into a pro career, you know, it's – unfortunately, it's really important to have somebody like that chewing your ass and all that, you know, and, and really forcing you, you know, forcing you to be at your best and to give it your best effort. Now, on the flip side of that, you know – Your dad did a great job, and uh, it was it was fun cheering against you while you were with McGrath, but – uh. I kind of grew into you. Yeah, he cheered against. He, he cheered. He got caught at Havasu or something. I, I remember being a big fan of you all of a sudden. He cheered against you, Fro, <laughs> in the McGrath days. Can't <laughs> that happens. It. That yeah. happens. It happens. Hey, David. Uh, th- th- David, thanks cool. for uh, David. Thanks for calling. Uh, we got to move on. Uh, stay on hold, and we'll get your information. You get a set of uh, MA grips. Uh, fantastic, um, Jeff Alex Martin. Um, he's the points leader. That's pretty amazing. Pretty phenomenal. I I almost liken it. Now maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, Fro, but. Like, I don't know, like, when Doug Henry broke in, he was kind of this working man's privateer, DGY Yamaha for a little bit. I don't know if anybody ever predicted Doug Henry would be a national champion. He seemed to get better after he turned pro. 
kind of like Alex Martin a little bit, huh? Like, this kid's for real. Six years pro. Yeah, well, 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 I can tell you that I didn't predict Doug Henry to win the 135 motocross championship in 93 or 94. Right. Um, I was actually, yeah, that was uh, something I had myself uh, pegged for. But, um, you know, this Alex Martin win last week was uh, was so special, and it's such a uh, – you know, little brother seemed like he, he was the one that had all the speed. And now that Alex has uh, joined the same team, uh, the fact that both brothers brothers are enjoying the success is just something really cool. I mean, that's, that's pretty rare. Yeah, yeah, I know, absolutely. And I don't see, like, I still like Jeremy to win this, and Cooper Webb's wrist is just going to get better. But, man, I'll tell you what, Alex could win this. He really, truly could. He's in shape. His bike is great. He's solid. Like, that would be amazing. I, I don't think he's the favorite, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's top three at the end of the year. Oh, I think that's a, a really good uh, prediction. And the yeah. way that the, that the uh, Yamaloob Star Racing Yamaha team is performing at the moment, you know, that's they're going to be a, a tough team to beat. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, there's a lot of inter-team rivalries there that really fuel that that uh success also yep and um you know it ain't it ain't show friends it's show business you know <laughs> yeah. so we'll see uh how how this uh the dynamics of the team change throughout the year i know Webb and jeremy martin haven't always been tight and right. even though they're teammates and all that so um but alex i mean that was i mean that was great and he was close to winning that moto and you know we'll see if if this becomes the pinnacle for him the peak for him or if he keeps gaining confidence and gets better uh, It'll be interesting to watch. For sure. Daniel, welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. What's your uh, question for Jeff Emig? Yeah, I just had a question for you guys. On Roxton's mechanical, how much, and it doesn't show by a second moto win, but how much did that play mentally into where he was at going into that moto? Fro, has that ever happened to you? Going away, breaking, and then coming back and winning? I'm sure probably some point it has, but. Come in, I, don't, I don't think that I ever came back to win. Okay. Um. You know the fact that he got to finish the moto and he, he you know you know basically he rode the whole moto. He didn't really lose any track time or anything like that. I had some some motos where it had issue in the first moto and he missed the whole moto and mm-hmm. then it's a little bit tougher. But uh, Ken Roxon, I think, put everybody served notice to everybody that um, you know he's definitely the man to beat. Um, I, I don't I don't I don't feel like that that. That he was any, that he was pissed off and said, "I want to go win the second moto" or anything. I think he's just in the zone and and he's just focused on on leading every lap. You know, he, he seems to be pretty aggressive at the beginning of the moto, and and nobody else can uh, respond to that. All right, there you go, Daniel. Thanks, man. Right on, thanks, guys. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like I feel like with Roxon, like in my situation on teams, when that happens, me- mechanicals, it does almost fire the rider up you know, more, and that could be a bad thing sometimes, you know, where you're like, you want to, you're so aggressive, you so want to kill it, quote unquote, that uh, maybe you start making mistakes a little bit, you know, so. Yeah, I can, I mean, I had a, the last Motocross of Nations moto that I rode, I, I went out there with that attitude. Um, uh, Kurt Nickel beat me in the first moto in 1997, and so sat around, and the third moto comes around, and I'm like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to show everybody who the fastest dude in the world is. Right. And I did that for about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I think I rode as hard as I could, which wasn't my style. And I pumped up and then we were out of the championship. There was no way we were going to win it. And I like faded to 11th and I didn't even fall down, you know, just, yeah, you, you, blew it, you had so. said that. Um, mm. um, you had said that. Uh, let's take one more call for you. Do you want to take a call about training about the 250 national favorites or a question about Dungey on Air Forks. Which one do you want, Fro, for your last call? Training? I'll go technical. I'll go technical. Yeah, nah, I don't want to train. Okay. I don't know much about that. <laughs> All right, let's go. Arnold, what's going on? Welcome to the uh, Fly Race and Moto 60 show. What's your question? Um, so in the next 12 months, the new, I guess the 2017 KTM has Air Forks, right? Do you think you see Dungey in the next year go to these Air Forks? Mm. What do you think, Fro? The, Dun- the KTM's come sock with Air Forks now. They didn't used to. And we know a lot of this Air Fork talk is manufacturers wanting to put on what they sell for their riders. 
I think Dungey would have enough say to be like, no, I don't want to run those. Well, this well, you're insinuating that Dungey's running a spring fork. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I mean, you, you know for a fact he is, or you well, just think he is? Well, in Supercross, he was. Did he switch for outdoors? I don't. I don't know. Oh. I don't see the inside of the fork, so I think it's kind of a. I think it's kind of a hypothetical. No, he, one thing. Yeah, he's on spring. Hmm. You know they're they're making some advancements uh, with trying to figure out uh, you know some of the issues that the Air Force has. It certainly has some uh, some advantages: weight, uh, bottoming uh, characteristics. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the field is really good, and some of it is not. One of now that we've the pro riders have been using them for a good three or four years, you know they're starting to realize that the biggest issue is that they build up pressure. Mm-hmm. And as the, as the, as the fork heats up, as, as do a spring fork, but it's less, it's less critical on the spring fork than it is on the air fork where you're relying on that as your air spring. So um, as a, as the technology advances and, and they figure out how to regulate the fork pressure as it builds heat, uh, it, it surely will be the way to go. You know, the, the thing about, I mean, I've been around a long time now, is that race teams are basically research and development, right, mm-hmm. for what the production bikes become. And there's times where you take some steps backwards to eventually go forwards. Um, and so um, this, is, this is one of those situations where, you know, the race team guys that are paid to develop products and develop parts um, are really having to go through what's been a fairly rough time. But I, I feel like in the next year or two, they'll certainly have the Air Force uh, figured out. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it could be. Could do be you coming. guys? And so, what, go ahead. Go ahead, Arnold. Do, do you guys know is the KTM Air Fork, is it a low pressure fork like the, the Kiaba TSF2, or is it a high pressure like the Showa? You know, I I don't know. You know I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't either. I don't, I don't, I don't ride a KTM. I've been on a Kawasaki for a, a long time now. So, yeah, I I, um, I, I don't I know what I know. Sh- I don't know about Shorty's. I need to ask Shorty what what his does um, as far as uh, two tubes or one or well, however it goes. I'm not exactly sure. It's a good question, Arnold. Right. All right. Thanks, man. Um, yeah. Hey, I Thanks, have Arnold. one more question. Okay. If you don't mind. One more. All right. Um, on the satellite teams, like you see these, what's the difference in a factory and a satellite? Like what do they get or not get compared to a full factory team? And then like, are Yoshimura and RCH, are they both full factory teams on Suzuki? Yeah. Yeah. They both have access to the exact same things, exact same work Suzuki parts. Um, Really, Arnold, with all those teams, it's what you negotiate. It's what your agreement is. Uh, Star Racing gets factory Yamaha parts. Uh, Mitch gets factory Cowie, access to factory Cowie things. Sometimes Mitch makes things that are better. Uh, Some of these teams have to buy the parts, Arnold. So if they want to buy transmission gears from the factory, they can. Other times they'll go and make it themselves in, in the case of triple clamps and things like that. So it's really, it's all over the map. There's no sort of same agreement uh, from one team to the next. Right now, Gibbs Gibbs is not a full factory team, right? With the Yamaha, office. they have no. They are they're full factory. They have access to factory Yamaha parts, but I think they've chosen probably to to source out and make most of the stuff that they that they have on their bike themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. But you can certainly you know get. I I would imagine their transmissions are from factory mm-hmm. Yamaha. I would I would think their trannies are. Uh, I would think their clamps probably are. Uh, no no, they use Nekin. No, so they wouldn't be. Wouldn't be the okay. the clamps. Um, so yeah, transmissions, bolts, parts, things like that. Um, maybe some pull rods, uh, things like that. But Gibbs does most of it themselves. Have you heard anything else about them? Like, are, do you think they'll be sticking with Yamaha with the with the Yamaha factory team coming back, or any any news on that? Someone at JGR told me it was fifty fifty, like about three weeks ago, on whether they stay with Yamaha or go with another OEM. So. All right. So no talk about what color they'd go with no, if they did go with no, another. No, I haven't heard. So you bet. All right. Thanks. All, all right. right. Well, hey, thanks a lot. No problem, Jeff Emig. Uh, thank you for coming on the Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show. Glad you had a good day at Milestone. We gave away some Emig grips. So. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's always great to visit with you guys, and I appreciate all of the callers and everyone's uh, opinion. You know, one thing that uh, being the analyst on the Monster Energy Supercross broadcast. I really, uh, even if I don't agree, um, 
I always appreciate the callers and fans and stuff to hear their opinions because then it it uh, sometimes forces me to question my own uh, thoughts, you know, mm-hmm. my own analysis, and and really formulate. Uh, you know, my own analysis for that. So yeah. it's great hearing everybody's, uh, everyone's comments and, uh, and all their questions. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. I know you'll be watching this weekend at Lakewood, and uh, we'll touch base uh, for the next show, Fro. Thanks, man. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, right. everybody, for calling in and listening. All See right. ya. See ya. Jeff Emig, everybody, national champion, Supercross champion on Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Let's not keep our next guest waiting too long. He's uh, in Colorado right now. Filthy Phil Nicoletti. What's up, Phil? I didn't know you were calling me. No one gave me a heads up. No, I know. We just that, that was sort of my own little spur of the moment thought. Oh, yeah, that's nice. I got about 20 minutes, so I started riding Presley. I'm sitting here watching Troll Daddy clip his fingernail. It's pretty disgusting. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, so I was going to say, oh. so you're at the track. Are there any changes that you see? No, nope, it looks almost identical to what it was last year. Okay. But it doesn't – there's no uh, – no man, uh, what what do they call those bombs that are hidden underneath the ground? Oh, rice holes. Yeah, land, the, the, yeah. Land, landmines. There's no landmines out there like there was last year, like sinkholes and stuff. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. So, do you like yeah, Lakewood? Okay. Do you like it? Is it uh, is it one of your yeah. better tracks? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so so I guess. Yeah. Not, not not really. It's okay. Yeah. I think. Uh, I mean, this year the all the rounds are actually pretty pretty badass. I I would say, um, but I think. Lakewood and Glen Helen are probably the worst ones on the circuit now, but uh, <laughs> they're all still pretty good, so um, I'm, uh, I'm happy with it. Hey, one thing about Lakewood, now you, you've you got a pretty good fast bike, you get pretty good starts at altitude, but c- can you explain to our listeners, like it really does, your bike feels slow. Oh yeah, really slow. Like I, I actually just started my, because I'm riding my practice bike right now, because I uh, uh, told Daddy... Carl Peters and myself for road tripping back cross country, so I don't have my race bike, but I just started my practice bike and it sounds not very good. Um, <laughs> just, just real sluggish, you know right, what I mean? Right, yeah. Um, but obviously, we'll uh, come race day, because I run a 47 or a Spockin on my bike, Okay. because um, they're so fast, um, but this weekend I'll probably go up to like a 50 or a 51. You'll go three you know, teeth? We'll go to, You'll go three teeth difference? Yeah. Wow. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then yeah. I'll, we'll, go, we'll put on lighter flywheels and mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. So, so um, and yeah. it's still, and it still doesn't feel like how it should be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so p- to give our listeners an idea, it's a drastic change. It, it is. Yeah. It's a, it's a huge change. You know, but you just got to have the mindset coming in. Like, you know, your bike's not going to be a peak performance like it should be. You know, mm-hmm. everybody's struggling with the same thing. But, right. you know, if we can get mapping and stuff situated, um, you know, right off the bat. And it, it's good being on a factory team because they have all the data from the past four years that, they, that they've come here and, mm-hmm. you know, all the changes that they made from year to year. So it's nice to always have a base point, but... In the past, when I came here as a privateer, I mean, you were just shooting in the dark. So it's <laughs> just, kind of, uh, <laughs> so it's way better than you know what I've been accustomed to. But yeah, the past few years it's been a lot easier for myself. So. It's it's also so, uh, it's a hard track to pass on, isn't it? It's not easy. Uh, uh, not last year it wasn't. You could pass anywhere. Oh, okay. All right. You I just thought it was yeah, kind of. I mean, yeah. Do you remember how it was last year? I guess it not. Was like Glen Helen. It was like Glen Helen this year. It was like death. <laughs> you know, like it was really gnarly. Well, there was that section that Eli crashed on that everybody was talking about how rough it was coming down there. Yeah, but that was that was only one section. The whole track was like that. It was really, really burly. But they had so much rain last year. They just had sinkholes, you know, coming out of the mountain or springs coming out of the mountains. So kind of yeah, that's true. Back You're really, right. I do really, really burly. I do remember that now. Yeah, yeah they had. Yeah, yeah, I know how you. I know how you have selective memory with something. So, <laughs> well, you know, yeah, I do remember I Tim. I do remember Tim Ferry being a national <laughs> champion. I remember that. Um, uh, it's about the only thing. All right, we just wanted no. to check in real quick with you and say hi and find out how the drive went and thoughts on Colorado. That's it. That's all we uh, need. Oh yeah, so. yeah. So far, so good. So right. hopefully, uh, it goes good Saturday. When do you hope to be in uh, Charlotte after the race? Monday. Oh, yeah, Monday, because I'm actually moving up to Charlotte. i got an apartment up there right next to the race shop, so I can move in there Monday. But I don't know. I'm not going to push it going back. I actually really enjoy it because I've never done I-70 coming out. I've always gone through Texas to go out to California and right, stuff. And right, right, right. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's beautiful coming through the mountains and stuff. Like, uh, yeah. Up it, through um, 
you know, Vail Resort and stuff like Dude, that. It's, I've it's done badass. I've done the seventy, the ten, the eighty. I've driven across this country so many friggin' times. Yeah, I know, but it makes it worth it when the scenery's a lot. Yeah, better, it's cool. You know I, I, mean? I drove the whole circuit for five or six years and I would I would never yeah. do it again, but I would also would never never want to not remember how cool it was. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if, I don't know. I, I was actually I, I was pumped to actually go that this route, so right. at least I could say say I did it. You know? has, has Troll been rubbing it in that he's a points leader? Um, no, but he's definitely a lot more cocky. Yeah, you know? so confident. I had to put yeah. Him, yeah, I had to put him down a few times. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's just uh, still pain in the ass. He always is. Right. So, uh, so cool. Thanks, buddy. Thanks so, for picking right, up. Sounds good. All right. Gotta, have fun. Yeah, I got to go. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, later, buddy. All right. Jason Thomas, Fly Racing Zone. What's up? What's happening? All right, we checked in with Phil before press day. Saw that. I heard that. Well, he I could hear his voice. That voice is... Yeah. Very recognizable. He, uh, he said he was sitting there watching Troll clip his fingernails, so it was better to be on our show than that. All right. So, I could probably agree with that. Uh, Lakewood coming up round three, Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championships. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB, N-FAB.com. And uh, Fly Racing JT, we've got a couple guys on hold. Let's get right to their calls so they don't hang up and get all mad. Noah, what's up, Noah? How are you? Hey, what's going on, boys? What's happening? Um, just real quick, uh, two things. First one, uh, I just wanted to say that you and JT did, uh, did good on your NBC show. Um, kind of what Fro was talking about before he got off the line. A lot of people, uh, give him, you know, shit for being simplistic, you know, on air. And I thought you guys did a pretty good job of, uh, breaking it down, like even to a, like a beginner status, because believe it or not, there's a lot of people who don't know shit about our sports still, you know, mm-hmm. I was at uh, the Jersey Supercross and I had a, I heard a guy tell his son behind me that the mechanics were the guys on the bikes during the sight lap. Oh. So, you know, there's a, lot, there's, a, there's a lot of guys who still don't know a lot of stuff. But anyway, to my question, um, you know, with, with Amart leaving uh, Osho, I guess, er, earlier last season or, or later last season. This year, um, yeah, Amart, you know, Amart, yeah, Amart left. He was kind of tagging along with Jeremy Martin who was tra- trained by Osho and he, he left that earlier. Right, year. right, yeah. right. But, you know, he was saying that, that uh, you know, it was just too much work. And then, you know, we kind of see – we saw AC leave Eldon, even though JT's, you know, he's biased. But um, <laughs> anyway, are, are we going to start seeing that, that maybe, you know, these guys are thinking that, hey, you know, these two-and-a-half-hour bike rides on every morning are, you know, it's not really doing too much for me. I, obviously, the fit, they know where their fitness needs to be at to get through, get through you know, two motors, mm-hmm. hot as balls, heat. So I, I mean, are we going to see that? That you know, maybe training, you know, your ball like your balls off isn't you know really that is necessary. Um, what do you think, JT? What do you? Th- I think it's kind of different strokes for different folks, and you got to find a program that works for you. But yeah, I think uh, that's why you see so many people bouncing around. Is you know, uh, a lot of these guys have their idea of what kind of training you need to do and they're pretty uh opinionated on it a guy like rhino is not he's not going to manipulate his program around a guy's wants or needs that that's my opinion maybe maybe rhino would but that's how i see it from the outside same with alden he's going to put you on his program he's not going to say okay well you know maybe we should do this for you no no he's you know these guys feel like they have it figured out and um some guys that you know it's personality some guys it's their bodies just can't handle that much work as we saw with Alex he's obviously improved since he's backed it down a bit uh so yeah I think it's there's a lot of searching that goes on for these guys and um you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't uh like Chad Reed used to use uh the guy that Ken Roxon uses right now who is uh Peter Park and Kenny Roxon just won four straight motos or should have won four yeah yeah exactly and and Chad would tell you that it didn't work for him at all so yeah it's just different strokes for different folks, and one thing could work incredibly well for another guy, and not at all for someone else. So, it's just a uh, it's kind of shows you that everybody's a little bit different. There you go, Noah. Thanks, man. Thanks, bud. Thank you, Anthony. Welcome to the Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show. What's happening, Anthony? You there? All right. Uh, all right, Anthony's gone. JT. So this weekend, I think um, it's a big weekend for Tomac. He doesn't ride Lakewood all the time, but he's from Colorado, so it's, you know maybe it's a bit of a home comfort form. Uh, you think it is though? I, well, I, don't, I don't. I really know. don't think I, it is. I he know. lives six hours from there. I know. You know? No, no, like I know. I, I'm aware, but I know you, you know. know that. But, but I think everyone doesn't get that part. He uh, he's got to do something, man. Just get a second. Get in between those guys. Maybe not win. 
dice with them, battle with them, get third, yeah. but battle with them both motos, right? Yeah, I mean, he's. I think the the beginning of the race is killing him. I, I think he had the pace to to go with Dungey, uh the second moto, but you know when you get into third place and you're 18 seconds back, when you get to third, I, there's no hope at all. So. I think the first 10 minutes are what's killing him. You know, it seems like he's just taking way too long to get warmed up and get up to speed. And we didn't really see that last year, so I don't know if that's just him or if it's, you know, uh, comfort level or what. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's all right there because if you watch Kenny and Ryan, there are no, there's no hesitation right there. They're going for it from lap one on, and they never back it down. So uh, I'm sure he realizes that he's not stupid, and his team's, you know, obviously won a lot of races, so they understand how this works. But... It's pretty glaring right now that if he doesn't figure out the first few laps, uh, it doesn't matter how fast he goes after that. A couple of things we've heard today. Um, Weston Pike's out, which is a yep. huge bummer for him, and fly racing, for that matter. Yep. And Matt Bichelia is going to ride Yosh 450 at this race. How do you think he should do? It's tough because I think he has talent. You know, he was the top Geico points leader last year you know and i think that was uh we talked about it but i don't think many people realize that so he can clearly ride well um i just don't know what his preparation's been like and you know he's probably only ridden that bike a couple times this week so you know he's a great starter he always has been i think that's going to help him a ton so i expect to see him in the top 10 and starts and you've probably seen this too it seems like when guys jump on different bikes or different classes they always start up front you know, for whatever reason, they always seem to the way to find a hole shot, whether it's just adrenaline or uh, whatever the case is. And if you couple that with Bichelia's starting technique, uh, I expect to see him right near the front on the starts. And then after that, we'll see. You know, the, the 450 bike is a lot to handle, um, especially at elevation. So I think he'll do okay. Um, I, you know, what I probably expect to see is one good, one bad, or one mm-hmm. decent, one bad. Um, and that's I mean, top 10 or no? Wow. Yeah, I would say something like um, 12 to 16. And then uh, if he can back that up, that would be great. I honestly don't see him doing much better than that. Because if you look at the results, mm-hmm. I don't think he can beat Marvin Muscan. And he just went 8-11. So... You know, how do I put him ahead of that grouping? You know, I, I don't see him being able to beat Phil. That's for sure. Phil's riding excellently, and he's still, you know, battling with Barsha back at the end of the top ten. So how do you put him inside the top ten when you look at that lineup and yeah. you see incredibly good guys that are struggling to stay in there? Yeah, no, absolutely. You have a point. It's uh, it's it's deep right now. The field is deep, as they say. Um, we don't know for sure if Stu is out, but I hope Stu is out, and I don't mean that in a, in a mean way. He needs to be out, honestly, <laughs> yeah, for every for everyone's sake. And and people would say I'm not a Stu fan, but I can still tell you, you know, what's best for him. And it's definitely not racing Lakewood. I promise you that. Yeah, no, absolutely, uh, I agree. Um, hey, uh, Alex Martin, uh, we just talked to Phil, obviously, and Alex Martin's uh, he was with him, red plate holder. We talked about this, I think, on the Pulp Show, but just to be clear, like. Alex Martin can legitimately win this. This isn't Alex Martin winning a moto at Bud's Creek last year in the mud. This is Alex Martin has a chance at a title. Yeah, he's he's much further ahead than where he was last year. There's no question about that. Um, I still think his brother's the title favorite. I just think he's been there and kind of done that. And I don't think that Jeremy fears Alex at all. Um, and that, you know, I, I don't mean that in a negative connotation. I just think that Jeremy knows better than anyone what Alex has or doesn't have and his strengths and weaknesses. So if you told Jeremy that, hey, your biggest competition down the stretch is going to be your brother, I think he would take that all day long. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, between those two, I like what they have. You know, their skill sets matches up. You know, with any condition, they can ride the mud. Obviously, they were one-two in the only mud race last year, um, and I I think they're on the you know arguably the fastest bike, or and their teams you know won two titles in a row. They have each other to train with, which man, what what better training partner would you rather have than those two, uh, first and second in points? So mm-hmm. everything you know kind of leads to them dicing this thing out. The question will be, can Savachi bounce back and get back well, into this title fight? Because that was going to be my next thing. This is a big weekend for Savachi. Like, he doesn't need to is. win, but we got to see, you know, fight podiums and fighting for wins and all that to see, make sure that we realize Hangtown wasn't just weird. Yeah, and, and I think he will. Um, I don't think he will go 1-1, but, 
he's I don't think he'll do what he did last weekend either. Yeah. Um the biggest problem is that man, when you're when you're going up against a guy like J Mart who is he's gone down this path and he's, you know, bested Marvin Muscan last year and he's gone up against some really good guys and come out on top. Almost like Ryan Dungey, you can't have weekends like you did last weekend or else you'll you know, this title will be over very, very quickly. Uh, so he needs to get back into this thing, and honestly, he needs to finish ahead of Jeremy Martin and kind of show him that this thing's not over. Because leaving Glen Helen, I can guarantee you that there was a big sigh of relief on Jeremy Martin's part about how Joey did and knowing that he wasn't just ready to run away with this thing. Right. So, yeah, it's, I would agree with you. It's a huge weekend for for him and his team. Matthew, welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. What's your question, man? Uh, I was wondering, who do you – uh, I think we'll be the underdog in the 450 class that can break through and win. What do you think, JT? Who's that? Who, who, can, who, can, who can win a race? And... I don't see anyone other than the big three winning right now, unfortunately. Uh, I just think that the outdoor races are, are too long and there's too much time to make up deficits or if, if anything is just off. You know, for the first 10 minutes of the race, say one of the good guys is in the back. The race is too long. They're going to catch up to a guy like Anderson or um, take your pick of, of any of those guys, even Trey. So until somebody, you know, if somebody goes out with injury or something like happens like that, then that changes it because you're taking one of those three away. But for now, I you won't see any anybody win except for those three for a while, in my opinion. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought the um, I thought Anderson would be better, but. I just he's just hasn't been on his side. He's good. He's riding well, but yeah, those other guys right now are are on yeah, another level. And it's really it's really the first two. You know, when you have yeah. two of them, that it just really makes it tough to add any variance because if Dungey screws up, then Roxon's there, and, and vice versa. So it really really makes it tough on the other guys to steal a moto win. Uh, Matthew, do you want a fly racing tour roller bag? Sure, that'd be great. All right, stay on hold, man. We'll give it to you. No problem. Thank you very much. All right, thank you. Is this the OGO one or is this the fly racing one or which one is this? It's a fly. Uh, it's what, a, what? The tour roller. <laughs> tour. Oh, that's a, that's one of our fly ones. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Thanks, yeah. Matthew, for uh, for playing and uh, for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, before we let you go, JT, first yep. round of the Canadian Series kicks off this weekend in Kamloops. Who's your title uh, pick? I never heard of it. Yeah, you have. You've heard of it. Who, who's your title pick? <laughs> what do you think? Man, it's uh, it's awesome to not know, right? I right? think that's that's the best part. So, if I had to guess, I went. Um, uh, I'll stop you here. We did a podcast okay. this week. I went Medi, uh, Newf went Gurky, and Galdi went Fasciati, and we all had good reasons for picking one of those guys. But yeah, and and I would go, I would go Colton at these West Coast rounds. I think, uh, I think. He has an advantage uh, out west. I just think the conditions, you know, are, he grew up in B.C., so that's what he is used to. Um, as we move east, I would definitely change my picks a bit. I would move more towards Gorky or Slash Medi. Well, I, I really yeah, feel like Gorky's going to have a lot. I'm talking title. I'm talking title. Oh, okay. I thought you were yeah. just in Kamloops. Sorry. Um, title, I'm going to go with Gorky for sure. Yep. The biggest wild card here, I think, is Millsaps because yeah, yeah, we agree. I don't with think that too. you can get. I don't think you, anyone has an idea what he's going to do. Yeah, I mean, he could go out and go one-one this weekend, and you're kind of like, yeah, well, you know, he's really good. Yeah. Or he could go out and go six-six, and you're like, yeah, well, he hasn't ridden outdoors in a long time. It just you know? seems so, like he's going to be tough to stay healthy. That's what we all kind of thought. Yeah, like, yeah, for know? sure. And, and I would agree. I'll be surprised if he finishes the series, but I'm I'm more interested to see what he has mm-hmm. in these opening rounds where we know he's going to be there. Hey, talking about Fasciati, uh, you know, obviously your finger isn't on the pulse of the series too much. He lives out east now. He has for a number of years. And for whatever mm-hmm. reason, the West Coast races for him aren't that good. Yep. You think, really? Yeah, he grew up on Nanaimo, and he was, you know, obviously fast on uh, Kamloops, and he takes a while to get going. It's really weird. I don't know. Yeah. But then, you know, we have the sand tracks where Gurky has just destroyed them, destroyed them right. last year. So, well, um, yeah. And I feel like Nanaimo is is one of those tracks where the Canadians have a big advantage just because they've ridden there a lot, mm-hmm. and it's like nothing that we've ever raced on in the USA. So, uh, if if they have an advantage anywhere, I feel like it's Nanaimo, Nanaimo just because it's yeah. so far off the reservation from yeah. what we typically race on. Wow, it should be a great series. I'm really actually seriously looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, it's cool it's that be... it's cool that we don't have clear cut favorites. Even like in the USA, we could pretty much say one of those three is going to win. Yeah. you know, every moto. So. Yeah. We didn't even There's mention, like five or six of those guys. We didn't even north. mention Mike, uh, the 800. Um, yeah. You know, so. Yeah. No uh, yeah, be, all those guys. Yeah, it should be great. Um, well, Benoit, too, two time 250 champion who's getting some uh, under the radar. Yeah. Sneaky, sneaky. Freezy. Freezy, yeah. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't expect Benoit to be on those guys' pace, but maybe he'll prove me wrong. Right. Uh, all right, JT. Thanks, bud. Thanks for coming on. Fire right. Racing Motor Six. We. Uh, well, we. I was going to say we'll see you this weekend, but we will not see you this weekend. So. Uh, you will not, nope. unless you are uh, in Idaho. Right, I will not. Uh, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. See you. All right. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show for another week. Thanks to Jeff Emig, Phil Nicoletti, Jason Thomas. Giveaway to roll, Tour Roller Gear Bag. Took your calls. Had a good time. Tits. Yes, sir. No show next week. Yep. No race. No race. But we'll be back the week after. Okay. <laughs> you got it. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Appreciate it. Fly Racing Motor 60 Show presented by Infab. See you in a couple weeks. I was born into a lost bouquet. Now it doesn't.